Hey, this is Miles Tales, and that means you're listening to Everybody Screwed Up. This week I had an awesome, awesome, awesome conversation with Brian Hertzlinger. Alright, this guy was, he didn't know it, and honestly, I didn't realize it at first, after I, I, I first met him. He actually kind of inspired me to come out here and do the things that I do. Um, the year was 2004, and I'm sitting on the couch watching the local news, when you know, they they start talking about this 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 short this not a short film but this movie this independent film where a regular guy was just he wakes up one day and he's like I'm gonna meet Drew Barrymore and then bam he does it. I I kind of thought that at the time I remember thinking that I, that would be a really cool thing to do. And that was honestly the thing that inspired me, or one of the things, one of the major things that inspired me to get a camera uh, as a teenager. I mean, so much so that when I saw his name, it just, it just, it rang a bell. Like, we, we did some work together, and I saw his name on the call sheet, and I was like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? The name sounds familiar. I ended up Googling him, and I saw that he did this thing called My Date with Drew. And my mind was blown. It's just kind of crazy how when you, you, how you kind of, how things kind of come full circle. You know what I mean? And uh, I couldn't have enjoyed, uh, I couldn't have had a better better conversation with him at this point. Um, I hope that he can come back to the show. I I know that I'm going to work with him again soon. And, you know, I I won't waste any more more of your time. Um, So here it is. My conversation with Brian Herzlinger on Everybody Screwed Up. Enjoy. Brian, thanks for being on the show, man. Thanks for having me, Miles. This is our second collaboration. We just did a movie together. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, uh, I can't wait to see the movie. When is it going to come out? I don't know. Can you talk about? Uh, I don't know when it'll come out yet. We still have to sell it, which is always the fun of doing independent film. But I'm gonna have the first cut, the first edit of the film on Thursday, and then I get to do my cut of the movie, and then it'll be picture locked and ready to get scored and color corrected and all that fun stuff, and then we sell it. Wow. Yes. How long is that? I mean, <clears throat> I say why a lot. <laughs> when, okay. When is it going to be, uh, I, I guess, how long do you think is that going to take? It depends. Um, the last one I did like this, I shot it in December of 2019, and I sold it in March of 2020, and it aired in May of 2020. And that's pretty fast. So yeah. Three months in. That sounds fast. Yeah, it was. It was really fast. Uh, so, you know, hopefully it'll be around that timetable. Hopefully not too much longer, but, you know, got to go with it. We'll see. I'm just excited, excited that it'll get seen. So, yeah, no, it's, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be great. I saw. Um, I just saw a few minutes of like what was going on in there. It was just about three minutes, and it was uh, Lana talking to uh, Branscombe Richmond, uh, and it was just a visceral scene. Like she, the emotion that she was uh, giving off was just super raw, and yeah. Yeah. Like, I didn't have any headphones on, but I could uh, I can definitely see what she was trying to convey. 
Well, it, it's an intense movie. So, um, and, and, you know, I wrote both of those roles for Lana McKissick, who played um, Erica, and then uh, Branscombe Richmond, who played Theodore. And I've worked with both of them in the past. I've worked with all but one of the actors in this movie. I've worked with them prior. And I was part of the kind of design of this film was working with people in front of the camera, behind the camera that I know, that I know well, that I'm familiar with their way of working. And, uh, you know, uh, so that you can bring in a movie on this schedule, on this budget and, and uh, you know, get opportunity to make it great. And that's what happened. So I'm really ecstatic about the experience. I was so, so happy to to meet you and and there were a few people on the crew that i hadn't worked with before and everybody just stepped up and knocked it out of the park thank you thank you I, but hang on you said that you wrote the movie specifically for these characters is that the reason why i mean i don't want to is that the reason why it, it went so it was able to go so quickly no 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 it was um you know i've shot movies in 12 days before which mm -hmm. is fast but what you want to do is you want to hedge your bets. You want to hedge your bets that you're going to have a good shoot. You're going to get the quality you need from the performance, from the look of the film. Um, so for me, I've been doing this long enough that I have in my mind the Avengers, you know, people mm -hmm. in front of the camera and behind the camera that I always want to work with if I can. And so I was able to uh, kind of comfort myself in the endeavor because I knew what I was getting with a lot of the people coming in. And... Um, I knew that, for example, I wouldn't have to do multiple takes because an actor needed time to warm up. I knew what I was getting with Lana and Branscombe and Tony Stark and, um, you know, uh, Michael Pearl, uh, uh, Barry Pearl I had never worked with before, and J.P. Mannix are the only two that I had not worked with before. But I knew Barry and did a staged reading with him where I played his son. And, um, you know, and uh, Mara Knowles, who... who who uh, played Tracy, uh, Brandon's boss, Brandon Ford Green, who I had just worked with on a film in Connecticut, a Christmas film. Uh, I thought he was terrific, and I immediately offered him the the lead role, Mitch. And, um, you know, but Mara, I directed in my very first short film in 1998 in L.A. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a good group, really good group. And I uh, was really, yeah. really excited about it. And Trisha... That's Trisha Tapper, who played, um, uh, God, the, the neurotic patient, um, of, of Erica's, uh, I'm trying to remember her name right now. Uh, but I, I've known her for a few years and, um, she's a wonderful actress and, and this was our first time working together, but I've known her for a while. And mm -hmm. so it was, you know, a wonderful, uh, experience throughout. Yeah. It, no, yeah, yeah. But it the speed, yeah, no, I, I imagine that it was. It didn't seem like there was too much um, angst with the with the talent, with the actors. You know what I mean? They seemed to all have, they all had a very good time. Yeah, good enough. Either, you know? Yeah, I mean, you just don't have really a lot of breathing room at this budget level and that schedule to to have that kind of nonsense, right? So. Uh, so it was designed, um, on purpose, you know, to, this is a situation where the script fits the budget, not, not the other way around. So okay. you have all the pieces that you're using fit that schedule, fit that budget. Um, 
and and we were able to do it and uh, gratefully we were able to do it my god you never know you know especially in the world of covid just takes one positive covid test to derail the whole thing and you know we were very fortunate uh to have a responsible cast and crew that did not you know go partying you know after we wrap at two in the morning uh so we didn't have any any uh cases so it was wonderful any scares no scares at all there was like i just um I guess I I guess I I just want to go back, man, because like I didn't I th- I told you this in person already, but like you kind of and ins- you've inspired me to be here, like and it's just in the strangest way. I think it's just so cool that we were able to work together, um, and that was because you did that. You did my name is my sorry my date with Drew <laughs> back yeah. in four, and yeah. like you were telling me a little bit about that, and I, and I watched it, and. You're almost like a completely different person now (laughs) in that movie. Well, you got to remember, I shot that movie 18 years ago. (laughs) Yeah, obviously, there's been a lot of growth. I mean, my beard's grayer. Uh, (laughs) Thank God I met my wife, you know, and and I have my two kids. And and I've made a lot of movies since then. So, so, you know, um, I don't know anybody that's the same person they were 18 years earlier. But I'm still an awkward geek. I mean, yeah, I still don't have protocols on dates. Uh, yeah, my wife will be the first to tell you. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the same guy, just, uh, you know, and I'm still really close with John and Brett, who made the, John Gunn and Brett Wynn, who made the film with me, and Carrie David, who made the film with me. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just, you know, I'm, thank you for saying that it inspired you. Of course, I told you this. It's That's one of the, best feelings in the world and not something you could ever expect to happen. But when it does, it's, it's amazing. So thank you. Yeah, uh, man, it's, it's easy. <laughs> it's easy to give, to give that honor, to give the honor or uh, uh, honorific. I don't know what the proper word for it. You know what I mean? The compliment. Um, huh? Well, I'm going to use that. Thank you. <laughs> but, but, uh, so um, I kind of want to, no, fuck it. I'm just going to ask, where were you born, Brian? I was born in Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York. In Brooklyn. Wow. Yeah. So true East Coaster, East Coast respect, you know? Thank you. Yeah, born in Brooklyn, raised in, in New Jersey, and then uh, went to film school in Ithaca, New York, at Ithaca College, and okay. then came to L.A. not knowing anybody, didn't know anybody, and Drove cross country with my dad, uh, got my internship with Steven Spielberg, who's my idol, who made me want to make movies. And that was in August of 97. Yeah, August of 97. I graduated in December of 97. And I've been out here since forging my own way to, to, to get in to make my dream come true. So that's the idea. Yeah. That's I mean, yeah, no, that is the idea of the city of Los Angeles. That's exactly what it's here for. I mean, even in the in the my day with Drew, um, I think that was oh, how did how was it put? Basically that Los Angeles is the place where um dreams come true. Uh, what was it? Like somebody said that they knew you were gonna meet Drew Barrymore because Los Angeles is the blankety blank blank blank. But it was basically because like it's just all of this magic just surrounds the city, so-called magic, you know what I mean? And it seems to be focused here. 
and it seems to draw people here. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, if you if you love movies and you love television, there's no better place to be. Um, you know, you're surrounded by, you know, the things you love all day long. You know, you can't drive past a, you know, a streetlight without a, a bus stop poster of the new movie coming out or billboards or, you know, driving by a studio and seeing like, oh, my God, that's where they're literally making, you know, Jurassic Park night. Uh, you know, and and it's it's the best. It's it, it really is. I mean, now, you know, you don't have to necessarily shoot your movies in Los Angeles. You, you know, a lot of these films go elsewhere because of tax rebates and tax incentives. But um yeah, I mean, we, it, this is the place where dreams come true. That's one. Of the, I think that's the final line of Pretty Woman. You know? mm, yeah, uh, we're in Hollywood, the place where dreams come true, and and uh, yeah, that's where I set my sights. And obviously, you did too, right? So, yeah, uh, when I um, it kind of took a little bit because, like, growing up, I didn't think that this was really an option for me. Like it was just I, I didn't go to film school or anything like that. Um, it's almost like one day I woke up and said I'm gonna move to <laughs> Los Angeles, and uh, it was a month, maybe two months later, I actually did it. Um, well, that right there is a big deal. The fact that you took the risk, you took the chance, and you came out—that's a huge, huge uh, step because a lot of people are afraid to take that step. Yeah, I, that, and that was the reason why I did it so quickly, too, because I, I remember even at the time I was just like the type of person who would just say that they were going to do something and then it would never happen. And so it was just kind of like, OK, this is what I want to do and I have the opportunity to do it. So just go, just go. Don't think about it. Just right. pack up the car and go. Right. And how long have you been out here? Uh, about six years now. Um, what have you doing? Uh, working in the industry mostly. Uh, when I first got here, I worked in a casino for a few months, and that's where I, while I was there, I was just telling everybody what I wanted to do, exactly what I wanted to do. And uh, somebody got sick of hearing it, and they said, "I know somebody who's doing this thing." Oh. <laughs> and I got on, and I got in that way. That's um, smart. That's a great way to get in. You know, yeah. About your passion, but what do you want to do on like as part of the process, part of being on set? Uh, so I'm not sure what I want to do in film, right? I don't know what I want to do in scripted. I don't have a lot of experience in there yet, mm -hmm. not yet, in knowing exactly how all of the roles work. Um, when I first started, I actually got into reality. So, oh, yeah. So I was on. Uh, I kind of set my sights on being a producer in reality. You know, it's it's very creative role there. Yeah, like, sure. They kind of they set everything up and are they they're the one they're the directors of the show basically and the showrunner. Mm -hmm. They have all this control and a lot of responsibility. Um, I think, and just a little bit I know about the film world, uh, about the scripted world, though. <laughs> I think I want to be like Kevin Foggy. <laughs> Um, I'd oh. love somebody oh. to give me a bunch of toys and say, okay, go play. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, man, I think we all want that. <laughs> we, we all do. Yeah, that, that's the kind of crown jewel. Yeah. And I, I just, I was looking at his career path and I saw that he actually started off as an associate producer. Um, and uh, I think it was You've Got Mail. And then his next movie was the first 
X-Men or the first Spider-Man. But ever since that Marvel movie, he was just on Marvel movies ever since until one day they were like, here, you're in charge. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. And that's why. So how to get there for me? (laughs) I'm not sure. I don't um, I'm not sure how to exactly. Get into that first role as producer. Well, I mean, you got to get on set. You got, you, you got to be working on set and then see what these producers are doing and create those relationships. And, um, you know, you're not shy, which is great. You know, you literally got in the door because they were sick of hearing you say you want to get in the door. Uh, so, so I think that that's a fantastic um, asset that you have. And, um, you know, just I, I think, you know, when you were on our movie, you were just outside of set. You spent a few minutes on set and i think on on the next opportunity you have to get on set see how it's done you know yeah no exactly uh my position i was just i was in charge of the snacks <laughs> so i figured i should watch the snacks yeah. uh, on the next one though um yeah on the next one though if i do have like access or if i can get a step away i definitely will and I'd heard I'd heard that it was a some fairly some fairly small spaces on the set there too, and I yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah, you're absolutely right because of COVID. Um, you know, it was it, it was tough. It, you know, that was a tough environment to kind of you know get your feet wet on if you were going to try to get on set. Um, but I think, you know, who hired you on that movie? Uh, Derek. Yeah, Derek's doing a bunch of stuff. Yeah, of stuff. we he'll. Uh, talk about being a producer one of the jobs of a producer is to stay in contact with people so it's just one thing that you know we gotta that have to improve on is just being in contact but he does he he calls me when he has something for me you know what i mean Um, what you have his email address right oh yeah 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 so i think what you should do is send an email to him and 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 say you know look had an amazing time on foreclosure um i'm really hoping that you know I, i got a chance to look at what was going down and you know the different roles on there and i think i i could be an asset on set as well in a you know you've never been a production assistant right oh yeah 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 um well in reality i did a couple of i did a couple of film roles in a couple of independent films but uh like nothing i don't have too much again my experience is, is very limited compared to reality tv or even like music yeah. video I mean, if you have experience as a production assistant, you could say, look, I've done this before. Um, you know, I don't necessarily want to be a PA again, but if I need to, to show you how committed I am to, you know, being on set and work my way up, I will. But, you know, you can, you know, I think for you, on the, you're more creative, you know. Um, my best situation was I was a, I started off as a production assistant on, uh, with David Kelly. Um, and, uh, my mentor, Bill D'Elia and a guy named John Tinker, you know, just an amazing pedigree in television. If you don't know the Tinkers, look them up. But, um, but, uh, I, I was a production assistant for the producers and the writers. And so I would get to know, get to know all of them and work with them day in and day out. And then when they were ready to go home, I would go to set mm-hmm. I would just on set. I didn't have to go do runs for water or anything like that. I just got to sit next to every director that came in and just watch and learn. Just, you know, it was a dream. So, so I think there's something to that, you know, maybe 
Uh, you could, you know, steer yourself towards where you want to go. And if you need to figure out where you want to go, and the only way to do that is to get the experience on the set, then go ahead, be a PA, go see it, see how, see what the roles are on that set. It's different from, from, you know, reality. And yeah, just take full advantage of it. I, I, I think, and I think it's my experience in reality, which is kind of, um, which has kind of made me reticent to die full force into being on set in film because it's so different. As a PA in reality TV, I got to the point where I was able to kind of sort of predict what was going to happen before it was going to happen, you know, and, and get things going so that when it was time to wrap out, we'd be done as soon as possible <laughs> and on the way back to the production office. Uh, on set, though, I mean, in, in film, it's kind of strange. I haven't been able to really just like plan. I mean, on on this last project, I was able to kind of figure out the language a little bit more towards the end. So you're actually you're you're actually absolutely right. It was just being there and paying attention that would actually fix that. So uh, <laughs> yeah, right. and a great position, great spot. You did a great job in that movie, and people liked you. You know, I like you. So I I, I think it's great that. Um, you take advantage of it now, but you know, it never hurts to reach out. It never hurts to, to, to say, look, this is what I'm looking to do, but be specific about what you want to do. You got to figure that out. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I you know, to say you want to be Kevin Fig, Yeah, well, I get that. But, but right now, w what's the next step for you? And, and I think you got to figure that out so that when it comes time to, asking for that opportunity or getting that opportunity that you know what you want to do. Let me tell you that, let me, let me say this. When I was on set, um, and like, you know, when I was on set and I was meeting all these people, like this was like the really, the only thing that I thought of was just like, I have to have a conversation with, with everyone. <laughs> like I have, I want to have a, a conversation on a, like, I want to do a podcast with all these people that I'm meeting. Um, right. I mean, yeah. So, Right now, what I kind of feel like right now, I want to like I do want to get back on set. I love being on set. Being on set is where you meet people, and that's where you make the connections, and that's where you get the the creative ideas and all that kind of stuff. But I also like doing this. You know what I mean? Oh well, this is awesome. This is a whole other talent skill level, a skill set. You know, you have it. Yeah, and and not only that, it feels like I'm getting experience as a producer you know what i mean I'm, I'm putting together this show myself from scratch and making all these connections to put something out there um so you know i i just kind of like i don't know i just kind of i just kind of go where the light guides me and right now it's just telling me like okay get on set but also meet people at the same time there you, go. you know yeah, yeah like you can't really do one without the other so like all the advice you're giving me is absolutely valid in any case, in any case, you know, where, you know, yeah. you want to work in an industry like this one. Yeah. It's who, you know, I, I mean, it, it, it's networking. It really is. Um, it, my, my phrase is it's who, you know, to get you in the door, what, you know, to keep you there. So you get that opportunity, mm -hmm. wander the opportunity, just excel at it and, you know, uh, and, and show them that, you know, you're the guy.
that's what you got to do. What's really cool about everything that you're telling me right now is that now usually when somebody gives me advice like that, I guess like, okay, where do I start? But, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's kind of, I guess it's just, and it's just doing the same thing over and over and over again until you want to get to where you want to go. And like, we, we just, I, I just saw you, I just watched you do that in uh, my date with Drew. And it's really like, it's, it's just really amazing. It's just the tenacity and the, uh, the tenacity, the fortitude. Like, there was literally a point in that documentary where I would have been like, oh, this is done. I'm done. <laughs> you know, like, I'm going to just going to go work for entertainment and that's it. Yeah. Um, so, like, like, I know, I'm just saying all that to know, to say that I know what you're telling me is true because you've lived it. Yeah. And, and I have no reason to lie to you. I, I think it's um, the, the fun part about it is in our business, it's uniquely personal what your path is. Because my path is not going to necessarily be yours. Yours is not going to be mine. Um, yeah. And the road is not laid out for you. It wasn't laid out for me. It was figuring out the road. Like, say, say yes. Say yes to opportunities because you never know where that yes is going to lead to. I, I said mm. yes to things that I look back on. I'm like, I can't believe I said yes to that. But because of that, you know, I was on The Tonight Show for three years. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, like, things happened um and you know there's a plan in place but you just gotta um be persistent be kind um be willing to learn be willing to accept criticism be willing to put in way more hours than you should be putting in mm -hmm. uh, you know uh and oftentimes not for great pay but but then it happens it's amazing it's just amazing i mean i made my date with drew uh six years after I moved out to LA following my dreams and you've been out here for six years. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, timing's pretty good for you right now. Uh, <laughs> I felt like I had been out here for an eternity, uh, at the six. Yeah. It does. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. And, and then, like I told you, we decided to make my date with you on a Friday and we started shooting, uh, on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. We started shooting on May 30th, 2003. So I guess we came up with the idea on the 27th of May. That is, I mean, that is nuts. Yeah. Like, it's really nuts. Like, you had, you're just like, okay, I'm going to do this thing. And then you, and then you, you just do it. Um, like, I saw, the, I saw the photos and then I saw, like, the planning that you did after you got the camera. It's like, okay, how do we walk the fine line between basically being adorable and being a stalker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still hate that uh, stalker thing I, where I'm like, I so am not a stalker. I didn't want to be perceived as a stalker. And you you say I've changed. There are certain things that have not where I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, you know, when, when you make a fool out of yourself on a, on a worldwide scale, like when you go on a test date <laughs> and like <laughs> – you know, it, 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 it makes you who you are. It makes you who you are. Yeah. So, all right. If you have questions, ask me some because I got about ten more minutes before I got to go feed the kids. Oh, oh wow. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, like, okay. Give it wow, to me. So many. Like, okay, I just want to know your, your just your thought process because I'm watching this movie and I'm, I'm like I actually kind of see myself like 
well, not in you. That's a weird way to put it. But just like when you're like when you're standing there and you're or literally a foot away from Drew Barrymore, four feet away from Drew Barrymore, and you want to be able to say something to her, but the thought process is blocked, <laughs> but for because of nerves. Like, I guess, how did you learn to navigate around that in order to make this happen? Well, it was a combination of nerves when I saw her at the first Charlie's Angels premiere, right? That's what you're talking about when I froze. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. You froze yeah. then, but then the second time, when you got there the second time, uh, in, in the movie, you were able to, I guess, talk yourself into it. Like, it was a... No, Pam forced me to do it, and I said hi and shook her hand, and that was it. The, the, the first time was a combination of nerves and also having it built up in my head so perfectly for so many years. I mean, I was six years old when I discovered Drew and had a crush on her, you know, when E.T. Um, she was six, too. So like I said in the movie, it's not creepy. But but it was a combination of wanting it to be perfect. You get one chance to make a first impression and also scare shitless. With just shitless. I mean, the dream girl that was on the poster in my bedroom while growing up is right in front of me. I mean, you know, what do you expect? Yeah. First, I froze. <laughs> uh, the first time she was... How did that even? Oh my God! Yeah, that was bad. The second time, she was literally talking to Demi Moore when Pam interrupted her. I said, "See this yeah. guy right here," and I'm like, "Oh no! What are you doing?" And I gave the, you know, I did this, that, that handshake. Yeah. And, <laughs> and yeah, but it, but look, it, it it worked out. Everything worked out for a reason, you know. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, I mean, you can replace Drew Barrymore with just about anyone or anything that you want. Right. And it's just like, I guess at some point you just kind of have to. You, like you said, nerves, you just kind of have to just, like, I guess, decide to stand your ground and move forward instead of move backward. Well, and have a genuine purpose. Right. You know, you know, what's the journey? What's the quest? What do you what's your goal? And I think that has to be something that whomever is on the receiving end of it agrees with, understands, mm-hmm. um, you know, if she had said no, she, it would have been a no. That would have been it. I think yeah, I thought yeah. that ending was right or no. Uh, wait, hang on. Um, wait, no, if, no, no, no. If Drew Barrymore said no, the movie's called My Date with Drew, so we were gonna have lots of movie. I saw, but I didn't get your like yeah. person thing on yeah. it. Me in a hot tub with Drew Carey, saying ain't he? life a bitch, you know. Um, but but that's uh, she related to and understood and um enjoyed the journey i was on she just got it you know john and brett both told me that boy did i have good taste when i was six years old you know to pick (laughs) something that would really you know respond to this kind of quest and there's no one like her i don't think there'll ever there will never be somebody like drew um other than her i mean she's just uh you know, somebody whose who's life experience and her story is so inspiring. And for her to be that type of person in reality, you know, I had a lifetime to imagine what it would be like to meet her. And she exceeded all my expectations. So, yeah. you know, that's that's a pretty special person. And yeah. yeah. Like everything just everything just seemed to line up. I and 
even like throughout the movie, like you talked about, you needed a sign and then you got a little sign and then you see. Yeah. Yeah. And all of that was real. Yeah. That movie is real. There's one part that wasn't real. Oh, which one? Which part was that? Uh, If you remember, I'm at the premiere uh, for Charlie's Angels Full Throttle and we have we're we're about to get the fake passes and in the crowd and everybody's screaming as Drew and Lucy Liu and Cameron Diaz come out. And they're on the red carpet on the on the dais and they start yet waving and then it cuts to me and I'm waving. Yeah. Well, we only have one camera and we weren't taking the camera off of Drew. So we filmed them until they walked away. And then John turned the camera towards me and I had to recreate that wave. And it took me like 10 takes. So that's the one moment that that's fake in the movie. Brian, that's 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 crazy. Like that that's that's not so crazy. Uh, just working in reality and see that same thing happen over and over yeah. again. It's kind of like you were like the first one to do it. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I was. You'd think somebody would write. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, like I yes. Yeah, um, I was just talking to somebody else, and they really pointed like that movie was because it was a documentary, but it was a documentary about something that hadn't happened yet. It's your first, it's the first real reality TV thing to ever exist. Um, I mean, but maybe Survivor, but I don't, I don't know. Sure. Was before it only because uh, one of the cast members of the original season of Survivor was a friend of mine at the time. Her name was Jenna Lewis. Jenna is in My Date with True. She's the one telling me that quote you liked, which is, you're in LA, you're in Hollywood. This is the place where dreams come true. That's Jenna from first season of Survivor. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually, the fun part about it was the very first offer we got for the movie was from Bravo, who wanted to take the movie and, and cut it up into eight ep- an eight-episode reality show. And we said, it's a movie. It's a movie. Yeah. You haven't seen it play in the audience in a theater where you're getting a standing ovation and everybody's cheering crying and it's the best feeling in the world and there's no way we're not doing that and so we did no you're absolutely right the experience would have been uh, way different yeah so they would have tried to and then they would have tried to play up the drama you know (laughs) take the movie the movie that that we made we edited ourselves on a laptop computer with a stack giant hard drives daisy chain because you know back then in 2003 you know to to get a terabyte of of space the thing was like the computer on war games um but but uh the movie the the three of us edited john brett and i we edited it together every frame of that movie is ours no one told us what to do and Every frame that everybody saw around the world, we made the decision to put in there. And that was it. That's our movie. It was just, it was just raw. It was, it was, it's a hard, it's kind of a harsh word to use, but it was visceral in like the best way, in the best of ways. That's uh, a huge compliment. So thanks. I, it's been 20 years, <laughs> you know. Um, I not, guess here. Years yet. My God. 20, it, it, it's, it's, well, it came out in 2005, so yeah, it's close. Oh, God, August 5th, 2005, gonna, it came out. Are you going to do a 20th anniversary uh, re-release? 
Uh, I would in a heartbeat. Yeah, we just got the rights back for for international. So now there's people wanting to buy the movie all over again, which is nice. Um, but uh, domestically, we get it back in 2022, I think. Ah, there you yeah. go. I think you, uh, you got a thing here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Brian, thank you so much. Um, well, did you did I answer everything? Did you have any other burning questions? Are you okay? I think I'm good, man. I, I I'd love to have you back on. Obviously, um, like especially when you have a lot, when you have more time. I know that's probably going to be tough. You're very very busy. Hey, you know, <laughs> but if but but if you think yeah. questions, if you think of one that you that you didn't get to ask this time, tell me and I'll happily answer it. <laughs> All right, sure. Uh, then, well, Brian Herzlinger, it's been it's been a, an honor and a pleasure. I'm glad to have met you. I'm glad to have worked with you, and I hope we get to. <laughs> work together again soon the feelings mutual you knocked it out of the park um i look forward to working with you again and mm -hmm. i know i know you're going to do awesome things i really do i want to i want to be the guy that said yeah no 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 he he, he made me tea way back <laughs> so you're you keep kicking ass and and thanks for having me on the show and and i can't wait to uh to, to team up again man all right most definitely um and all right, cool, cool. Peace out. I'm going to stop the recording. Hey, this is Miles Tales, and I just wanted to remind you to please subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this show on, whether it's Google Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes or is it Apple Podcasts now? You know, whatever it is, we're on a whole bunch of places. We're in a whole bunch of places. My guys are telling me we're on nine different platforms. So at the very least, if you type the name, everybody screwed up into the search bar, you will find us. Uh, you can also check me out on Instagram at the everybody screwed up Instagram. And it's everybody screwed up. All one word. No punctuation everybody's screwed up uh see is there anything else there is a website coming soon and yeah that's it um just give me a shot if you have any questions comments concerns or queries if there's anybody that you think i should get you know just uh let me know and i'll talk to you guys soon peace out